listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hey guys, and welcome back to an all new episode of the Screeners Podcast. Very excited to have you with us. My name is Chris. This is Chad. And I'm Daniel. And we are back again to talk all things media. We have a jam-packed episode, full episode for you today. We're going to be doing a review of Black Panther and also talk about our top Marvel Cinematic Universe films. Uh, but before we dive into that, I wanted to just make you guys aware, if you're listening to us, please join in on the conversation. We're uh, on Twitter at ScreenersCast. Please let us know what you think of the show. If you have uh, any any thoughts on how we can make things better over here, we really would appreciate your input. And we are always on there. We're, we're going to be adding new content on a regular basis. It's a really fun place to be. So follow us on Twitter. Uh, we're on Facebook as well. We'd love to have you there. All right, so we're going to dive right in. I want to let you know as well, we've got a special guest with us. So I'm very excited. Chad is going to introduce them. But uh, here we go. Let's review Black Panther. I have seen gods fly. I've seen men build weapons that I couldn't even imagine. Uh-huh. I've seen aliens drop from the sky. Yeah. But I have never seen anything like this. How much more are you hiding? Hold up. Let's go, go, go. We are home. My son, it is your time. Show me my respect and bow down. You get to decide what kind of king you are going to be. Don't freeze. I never freeze. That was from the trailer of Marvel's latest outing, Black Panther. It goes without saying that Black Panther has transcended being just another comic book release and has become a cultural event, smashing box office records. I believe at the at latest count, it's Monday when we're recording this, uh, it had $192, 93000000 million four-day weekend, which was good enough, I think, for fifth all-time. Is that right, Daniel? I hear yeah. the, I hear you about to correct me. <laughs> no, no, no. That's that's right. It already uh, domestically it already outgrossed Justice League at the domestic box box office, which is insane. So we're very excited to talk about it, and it got me thinking that one of the things that we wanted to do when we talked about this was not just talk about the movie, but talk about the the cultural significance that Black Panther is having, the conversations that it is starting up. And so I'm very excited to introduce a, a friend of mine, and now a friend of the show's. His name is uh, Phil Bonaparte. How you doing, Phil? Hey, man. How's it going? Uh, do, doing well. Phil is uh, a longtime friend of mine. He is now living in New Jersey. He has done all kinds of stuff, people. He's a singer. He's an author. He loves movies, and he's just an extremely talented guy. And when we were talking about different people that we could have on here, we thought of Phil right away. He has he saw this movie opening weekend, and uh, Phil's uh, an African-American uh, gentleman. And so we thought we're super white here on the screeners. And so uh, we wanted to get his perspective on uh, this film and about the culture 
cultural impact that it seems to be having. So, Phil, thanks very much uh, for joining us tonight. We're, we're, we're pumped to have you. Thank you. What I wanted to do just very quickly is go around and we're going to give our general thoughts and general impressions about the movie. I think probably what we'll need to do is maybe save some of the talk about the import of the movie and some of the cultural things after our general review. We'll keep it spoiler free. And then a few minutes later, we'll jump into uh, to a deep dive and do some spoilers. So it's no secret that I'm a huge fan of Ryan Coogler. Fruitvale Station was in my top 10 the year it came out, and Creed was my number two film of last year. But in retrospect, the more I think about it, I really think it should have been my number one film. But that's a different story. And so, Phil, before we get into this, tell me a little bit about your experience with any of the films of Ryan Coogler. And then what did you think about Black Panther? All right, well, I saw Creed, and uh, it... When I went to go see it, I was definitely skeptical because, you know, you have a Rocky movie turned into a Creed movie, and I was not sure that it would come out well and exceeded my expectations. And the man did it again with Black Panther. I I went in expectation of it being great, um, but it was far better better than anything that I could have ever imagined. Black Panther was amazing, uh, not only in terms of it just being a movie for Marvel or it being a comic movie, just overall, just a, I thought it was a quality movie through and through. So I loved it. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, Daniel, let's go to you. What are your general thoughts on Ryan Coogler? I mean, he's only done three movies. This is his third. So what are your general thoughts on Ryan Coogler and now what he's done with Black Panther? Oh yeah. It is well documented on this podcast that I love Ryan Coogler. Creed is um, way better than it had any right to be. Um, it was just so good. So uh, yeah, huge fan. And Fruitvale Station as well. Fruitvale Station is really great. I actually haven't revisited it in many years, so I, I should probably go back and do that. But Creed is very, very nearly a perfect movie. That fact, in addition to Black Panther's incredible trailer that it had, I was insanely psyched for Black Panther. I mentioned it on our last episode. It is one of my most anticipated movies of 2018. It delivered. I agree with what Phil said. I mean, it, it uh, exceeded my expectations. It's a fantastic movie. And the thing about it is, it would have been really easy for Black Panther to be just another generic Marvel movie. You know, um, it could have just been... Uh, you know, I love Marvel movies, so I don't say this with any any like disgust or anything. But a lot of the Marvel movies, they've started to feel the same. You can tell they're just very much in the same shape, cookie cutter kind of mold, um, and still good. But the thing about Black Panther is that it it, it felt it just, it felt mostly different. It felt fresh in a lot of ways. And don't get me wrong, there are still many things that make it a Marvel movie and and even has a few of the same issues that some Marvel movies have. But so much of it was different and unique. I mean, and the characters are the best part of this movie. I mean, these characters are so good. Killmonger is easily one of the best villains the Marvel Universe has ever had. I mean, and that's largely thanks to Michael B. Jordan because he's fantastic. So, um, and then the, the such strong female characters like we've like never seen, definitely not in a Marvel movie, not in very many movies ever. And so it, all around, this is just a, an excellent movie. It looks great. 
had a great style. It's just Black Panther was great. Now, I, I do have a couple little issues with it that I'll kind of dive into with spoilers, but very, very minor all around. It's a it's a really great movie. Okay, so strong recommendation from Phil and a, a strong recommendation from Daniel, which leads us now to Chris. So, Chris, tell us Hi. about your history with, oh, that's the laugh. Okay, <laughs> tell us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Chris usually, Chris loves everything. Uh-huh. So, uh, Tell us, uh, tell us about your history with Coogler and what you thought about Black Panther. Oh man, yeah, no, Creed was incredible. There is a, if you haven't seen Creed, you should definitely do it. But there is a scene in Creed, uh, a one shot take of a fight in a oh. ring that is just unbelievably <laughs> incredible. Um, Master level the, stuff. Yeah, no, no this, yeah. this director knows what he's doing. There, there's, there's no doubt about that at all. Yeah, well, let me start with my positives first because I think that's kind of an important spot and then I think most of my kind of things that I didn't really enjoy about this film need to be addressed in the spoiler section anyway Uh, and I'm very interested to find out kind of uh, where you guys land on this because I feel like I have a feeling all of you guys are super positive on this and so I went to go see this on Friday morning and came out of it thinking yeah that was a solid Marvel movie it seemed like a kind of a the average Marvel film. There are a couple of sequences, and I would say just like that sequence in Creed, there's a sequence in this film that doesn't quite live up to the visceralness of that sequence, but there's a sequence in a casino in this particular movie that is really well done. Yeah. Uh, it is it is fantastic. I would say that when this film is dealing with its characters, it is firing in all cylinders. I found the world building in this movie to be really incredible. Uh, Wakanda as a living place, specifically more this kind of the 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 fact that the characters believed in the fact that this place can not only exist but also be able to achieve kind of some of the level of of technology that they show on the screen. I think all that worked pretty well um and and a very good on a very good level and i I really did enjoy the character building moments the the second act of this movie i liked quite a bit and i thought it was really well done really well paced the first act was kind of slow for me and the third kind of got into a little bit of ridiculousness so for me it was just kind of a a really well made well done marvel movie there's nothing wrong with it at all but I, i know that it's being praised to high heaven for being really innovative on a, even like a story level. And I just want to, I want, I can't wait to get drive into spoilers and figure out kind of where that is and what I missed. Cause obviously I did miss something. I think obviously the actors and the, the characters and the representation that's happening here, the, the cast is, it looks unlike any other cast we've ever seen in a comic book movie. And I totally agree with that. And I think it's fantastic. But the, 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 the issue is for me was more of a, a story level. I didn't see anything that was totally fresh and new that people keep talking about. So I want to kind of dive into that with you guys. So for me, it was just kind of a really solid Marvel movie and they did a a very good job at that, but I don't, I I didn't see anything rising to the level of, you know, the best Marvel movie or the best comic book movie ever made. Okay. Lukewarm to positive for for Chris, but I think overall so positive. Oh, no. Look, if somebody asks me on the street, should I go see Black Panther? The answer is yes, you're going to have a blast. Well, but- nobody's going to ask you that because everybody's seeing it. <laughs> exactly so, right. Exactly. Chris, that's actually I'm a little surprised there. I thought this movie was kind <laughs> of <laughs> you know, tailor made for the kind of thing that you like. So I'm going to I'm going to probably 
split the difference. I'm definitely more positive than Chris and maybe just a tick more negative than Daniel. But from a pure, most of the issues, quote unquote, that I had with this movie were from a structure and technical standpoint more yeah. than anything. Totally. Um, totally. And I'm going to I'm going to talk about the negative stuff that my negative reactions first, and then I'll, I'll talk about the positive because there's a ton of that. But I think overall, I had a hard time with the way that this movie concludes, and I'm going to keep this general, but I think it's safe to say that it ends in, a, in, a, in what was an exhilarating battle sequence, but one of the main pieces of that battle sequence was entirely CGI, yeah. and yeah. it wasn't good CGI. Totally. And so it's, in a, <laughs> it's a scenario where it's hard for me as a moviegoer at this point to be emotionally invested in those moments and in those fights because I am essentially, and I don't want this to sound reductive, but I'm essentially watching a cartoon scenario at that moment intercut with stuff that's happening in a different place that is less CGI heavy that was a lot better, I think. And so it was it was hard for me to embrace that, and I think this movie in general has a lot of moments that are CGI that are not great that lessen the weight and the impact that it could have had in the action. Another thing, too, is I think there are a couple of sets in here that just look terrible they look there's a a scene where certain things happen related to the passing down uh, or or the earning of kingship and it happens by a waterfall yes and every Mm. time it cuts to that it looks like a cheap scene (laughs) in like some side corner sound stage and it's a shame because what happens in those moments is actually very compelling and cool but it just it looks really kind of cheap so those are my technical net technical nitpicks Beyond that, I'm actually going to agree with you, Chris, too, is I feel like the first maybe 45 minutes to an hour, while it had some great moments, overall, I felt the pace drug a little bit. I felt like some of the writing choices that were made were a little clunky. And honestly, the jokes and the humor that's in here landed about maybe 60% of the time positive, but then there were also some some attempts at humor that just felt a little forced and not as funny, yeah. um, which, which, was dis- which was disappointing. But what this movie gets right is Ryan Coogler at his best, and when he's at his best, it is as good as anybody out there. And where he does his best work, in my opinion, is his work with actors and their performances. And this cast is off the charts awesome. I mean, Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan, uh, Lupita Nyong'o, all of these characters are acting well above the kind of typical phoning it in for a comic book movie or even the the bigger than quote unquote performances that often we get from performers uh, in a comic book movie because you can tell they they know they're in a comic book movie. Michael B. Jordan in particular has already been mentioned by Daniel as Killmonger is a phenomenally yeah. good villain and just yeah. a great you understand why he's doing what he's doing and you empathize with him and the way that the structure of some of the things that they talk about the central idea of whether Wakanda should have helped or not is not a black and white answer it's actually there are compelling arguments to be made on both sides and so I think all of that ties together beautifully to give us a a central kind of tension between these two main characters that is great but if I'm going to be honest if I'm going to be honest my absolute favorite thing about this this movie was two female performers 
One was Shuri, his sister, who plays with all the gadgetry. She's the, essentially the James Bond Q character uh, in this world. And then I don't want to mis- mispronounce the name, but it's it's O-K-O-Y-E. Okoe? I don't know. Anybody got anything on that one? It's the general character. Yeah, it's the general character. She is awesome. She is the best thing in this movie, period. I want to see a movie just about her. She is full stop. And not to take anything away from anybody else, but every time she's on screen, she absolutely steals the scene. She is fierce and awesome. And I loved it. Loved everything about that. Yeah, you're also, to- totally right. Totally right on that. Yeah. She, was, she, she was awesome. She's phenomenal. Yeah. And I, 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 I love, go ahead, Phil. I was going to just to clarify when he says general, he means like military general character, not a oh, general yes. character. I'm sorry, not <laughs> a general good. character. Sorry. Thank you very much. She is not a general character by any stretch of the imagination. Yes, she's the general, the head of the King's Guard, or, or I'm sure they have a name, but but essentially the, the King's Guard. And yeah. uh, she she's phenomenal. She's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I also loved the, the theme, one of the themes, because, I mean, let's be honest, there's lots of thematic stuff to dig into uh, in this movie. But one of the themes that really resonated with me was the theme of fathers and sons, and specifically the sons realizing that their fathers are not infallible and then living their lives to change or overcome past mistakes that the fathers have made while still acknowledging the role that the father had in making them who they are to this day and being grateful for that and loving them. And I think that's a very complicated theme, but something that's explored very well in this movie, and that really resonated with me quite a bit. So overall, I am very positive on this film. I'm super positive on Ryan Coogler. I still think I still think that Creed's his best movie so far. But I mean, for for your first three films out of the gate to be Fruitful Station, Creed, and now Black Panther, that is really fantastic stuff, and it gets me very excited for what he's doing in the future. I think that Black Panther, while I agree, it has many of the shortcomings that a lot of uh, these comic book movies have. The highs that it has, I think, are higher than what we usually get. So I am, I'm, I'm pretty pumped. You talked a lot about the characters. Um, did you? I kind of felt that Chadwick Boseman was was way overshadowed by the rest of the cast. Like he, Boseman's great, Agreed. and he does he does perfectly fine. There's nothing bad about it. But he's he's almost bland compared to these other characters that are like just amazing and super unique so that's that that's the only kind of negative thing about the characters is that they overshadowed the hero yeah i actually agree with that i i I think he underplayed it maybe intentionally but yeah i agree i think he underplayed it it's kind of hard to to talk about without spoiling but i think that was intentional because of what is coming next for the up-and-coming movies um, especially after looking at the trailer for Infinity War, it seems as if there's going to be a lot of background regarding to this movie, Black Panther. And I think they wanted to give other people some light so then when they do show up in the next one, it uh, we all have like some kind of you know relationship with them. But you know that's we won't find that out till later. So yeah, I read an interesting article and I, I haven't had time to digest it yet, which their read about his performance, about Bozeman's performance as Black Panther, was that the contrast of these two characters, and Phil, give me your honest, mm-hmm. you know, feedback on this because I am curious, was that 
the subtext underneath this was it was almost like a based within what's happening in the world of Wakanda and the questions that they're asking as far as helping the world and and how best to help the world is that Chadwick Boseman's character as Black Panther was more like Martin Luther King and Michael B. Jordan's character was more like Malcolm X in the approaches that they take. I hadn't thought of it in that regard. Does that Defin- strike you in any way? Yeah, definitely. Uh, this this entire film was kind of it was imagery in its entirety really for the black community. And they really used that. Uh, they had to make that contrast because um, uh, Michael B. Jordan's character was so on the inner city struggle side. And, you know, Bozeman being the prince of a, of a co- whole country and then becoming king is on the polar opposite. Uh, and in doing that, they wanted to signify uh, those two people uh, with Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, respectively. And that's all the more reason why there was that moment in the film when Bozeman's character was speaking with his father and he's talking about kingship. That that moment right there was really meant to let us know as the audience uh, what they were really trying to portray with those two characters. Yeah. So what we're going to do now, let's go ahead and transition a little bit into kind of the cultural impact that this that this film is having. And I always hesitate to call a movie important, but I think it's undeniable that this movie is being held up as an important film. And so I just wanted to get you guys general thoughts on that, on what you're seeing. Phil, in particular, you know, your perspective is obviously very valuable here on just the talk around this film and what the kinds of things my Twitter feed is absolutely blown up with pictures of people taking their kids to see this and tweeting about what a what a proud day it is and representation obviously being a a key moment for that and I've got to be honest this movie actually is the first time where I really after it was over started thinking about the fact because I have a five-year-old son about I take for granted, obviously, that every superhero movie that I've ever seen growing up was full of people that look just like me. And then I was thinking about representation with this movie and about the fact that there have been some movies with with black leads in the past, but certainly a very small percentage and what this movie may represent to them. So, Phil, am I off off the mark there? Just just tell me what what you're hearing. No, you're absolutely right. Um, It's. You know, from from the outside looking in, a lot of people are, are just thinking to themselves, you know, this is just another movie. I don't really understand what the big deal is. When you know that you have a cast where over 90% um, of the actors and actresses are of dark complexion and you actually have people from, uh, from Africa and these different countries uh, portraying these characters and you know, it, it kind of flips the uh, the access, if you will, in regards of mainstream media. It really is something that a lot of people celebrated, and it, it's and and it is a victory for uh, many people because it's just you, we don't get to see that. <laughs> you know, it's it's not something that we ever had the yeah. opportunity to experience. And the times that we did get to experience it is. Always in a negative, you know, when you look, when you think about like Mississippi burning or when you think about, um, you know, right. even like even as along the lines of the color purple, you know, those these films were all based in situations in which uh, black men and women were not capable of doing much. And now you have this film, you have a king 
of all things as the main character and supported by amazing roles uh, and individuals. So it really was a time to just celebrate uh, the black community as a whole. Yeah, that's fantastic. I I actually, you know, even uh, at the screening that I went to, there were multiple. First of all, it was it was beautiful because there was every color and age in the theater. But there were also dozens of people that were were dressed up in the full garb of Wakanda, (laughs) the African theme stuff. And they and they brought their kids of from maybe four and five years old all the way up to grandparent age. But it just felt like this movie was important for a lot of different reasons because there's been in Hollywood for years, there's been this thought that you can't open a movie wide with a cast led by people of color and that it won't do big box office and it won't do big box office internationally. And this movie, if anything, has has started to completely obliterate sure. that idea. It's just one of those things where this movie, regardless of our our issues with it technically, it just feels like this movie is important for a lot of reasons. It would have been really easy, even even having Black Star, you know, as Black Panther, it could have still just been another Marvel movie, you know? I was thinking about, like, uh, you know, they're going to make a cyborg movie for DC, uh, a movie where, yes, he's a black hero, but he's not like Black Panther, where it's set in an African country and all that. That it it would be very easy for those movies to just be black star, but the rest of the movie filled <clears throat> with white people, right? But they didn't do that. I mean, they went all in, and so it's not just. I mean, it's it's just fantastic that it's completely full people of color and and the culture and the style and everything it's just uh they went all in and and didn't shy away from it you know i even think back to earlier marvel movies where we have multiple heroes iron man captain america that have the black sidekick and that always felt a little weird <laughs> like they had multiple black sidekicks it was just kind of weird and now like like phil said we have a king it was just it's just remarkable so yeah I think this is fantastic, and also, like I said in my review, the strong female characters along with it. You got you had that, and is not just representation racially. I mean, th- these women are so strong. Like you guys said, the general they, is they the best the character, movie, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So just all around, as far as representation goes, I mean, this isn't at all the end. Uh, so this is certainly a step in the right direction all around. Yeah, this movie looks like nothing else, literally, on every single level. There is no other movie that looks like this. And uh, that is the the, the key part here um whether you are no matter what background you have no matter what ethnicity you come from walking into this theater you don't feel like you're being preached to you feel like you're sitting down you're being entertained but the the overall message the overall story is that people of color not only can be like you saying the sidekick strong but they can really lead the way and that's one of the coolest things about this it's one of the things i really want to talk to you guys about in spoilers wakanda is not only just an african nation but it is the most advanced civilization on earth um and it's it's just so neat to be able to see the kind of logical conclusion that that takes uh within this and so yeah no i it's 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 wonderful to have something that looks like nothing else uh, and is is just a, a it's an amazing piece of uh, of entertainment, but then also 
is 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 saying something in the fact that it looks the way it does, which is it's incredible. That's that's something that nobody else is doing right now. No, it's it is it's uh, it's an incredible achievement on that level, no doubt. And the best part of it too is that it is an entertaining film, like yeah. you said, Chris. Is that it doesn't because there are there are certainly films that have social issues on their mind and they don't work because they are poorly executed or heavy handed. And I think one of the great things about this movie is that it's neither. Now in places it gets a little messagey, but overall you can take anybody to this movie and they're going to be thrilled and entertained and still get what, uh, what this movie is putting down. I think any other thoughts or statements anybody wants to make before we move into spoilers? I just loved that. I mean, and we'll talk more about this, about the premise uh, in spoilers, of course, but I just loved that, uh, you know, Kugler is from Oakland. He was able to kind of weave in the, you know, what's going on in America right now with this story that's largely set in Africa. And I had no idea that that was going to be a thing that, uh, you know, this the opening scene of this movie is set in LA and that, that caught me off guard largely i had no idea that any of that was going to happen and it sets up this really i'm trying to watch my words carefully so i don't spoil anything but it sets up this really debatable premise like with killmonger uh i i was like i mean he was you know violent and stuff but i was on his side kind of with where he was coming from like it i loved the way that this they set up these themes uh, where you can very, very easily see both sides. Um, and so that's why I think Killmonger was such a strong villain, because he wasn't just some bland bad guy, you know, trying to take over the Earth. I mean, there's a little <laughs> bit of that too. But um, but like I said, you see you see where he's coming from. I, I loved how gray the, the, the themes were. Yeah. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Let's go around, and I'm going to give you four options. So, Phil, as our guest, you get to go first. So what we do, Phil, is I'm going to pitch it to you, and you're going to tell our audience whether they should screen this movie in the theater, whether they should rent it when it comes out, whether they should wait until they can stream it on one of their streaming services, or should they skip it altogether. I think everyone should just go and see the film now in theaters. Um, uh, But I think going to the theater and experiencing it with the community, especially because this is co- this film is community heavy, that it would be best for you just to go and actually see it in person. Uh, Daniel, same question. Yep, I 100% agree. Uh, I mean, unless you just don't like Marvel movies, um, in which case you know you're already going to skip this one. Uh, but if you, you know, like Marvel movies, or even vaguely, this is a really, really good one. Uh, so I think you should definitely see it in the theaters. Uh, it will... It, it's a superhero movie. It deserves to be seen on the big screen. Chris? Yeah, no, absolutely. See this in the theater. If you're going to see it, see it on the big screen. Uh, it is. It definitely is deserving of that. And I agree this film is definitely theater worthy. And I think that it would be great wherever you watch it. But I definitely think it's theater worthy and you should watch it in the theater. So with that, let's move to spoilers for Black Panther. The first rule of Fight Club is... You do not talk about Fight Club. Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars? You want to know how I got them? But there's so many places it would never occur to a hawk to hide. However, the reason the Führer's brought me off my Alps in Austria and placed me in French cow country today is because it does occur to me. Because I'm aware of what tremendous feats human beings are capable of once they abandon dignity. In the dream, I knew that he was 
going on ahead. He's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there in all that dark and all that cold. And I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. And then I woke up. All right, so where I wanted to start spoiler discussion is right where you just left off, Daniel, where we talked about the conflicting themes in that early scene there uh, in Los Angeles. So we see that uh, Killmonger's dad, played by Sterling K. Brown, is has stolen technology, I guess you would say, to, to weaponize, to help in the fight against oppression and drugs and things that uh, that they're encountering in the early 90s there in Los Angeles. And so that's certainly politically hot, for sure, to, to take that stance. But then what happens is King T'Chaka shows up, the younger version, and actually kills him uh, to, to stop that from happening. Which, by the way, in retrospect, this is a small, minor nitpick. But I feel like there was a lot of things they could have done yes. not to kill that guy. <laughs> like, knock the gun out of his hand, yep. or like, you know, tie him up, or like, you. but he's your brother, and you just like put your claws in his heart, like, right away? Really? Yeah, that seemed kind of definitely. brutal, kind of harsh. <laughs> but but I understand we got to have a movie too, and they've got to have that 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 conflict, and it's certainly motivating for uh, Killmonger later on in the film. But it does set up this interesting dichotomy where it essentially is asking us for the rest of the film, whose side are you on? Should they have intervened and should they help? And it mirrors the same kind of journey that Black Panther is going through with his own father who made the choice to isolate. And there's all kinds of political connotations in there. There's the wall. They mention a wall specifically. They literally talk about, but if you let in the outsiders, they bring their problems with them. And then they have the contrary point to that. And so there's lots of things that are politically charged in there. (laughs) And from a story standpoint, you have the father who has made one one choice that the son does not agree with, and it all ties in together. So I'm just curious, now that we can talk full spoilers, do you think that was an effective way to, to do this? Was it too much, or did it actually work? Phil, let's start with All right, you. so I'm going to nerd out for a quick second to give a little backstory for it. Killmonger, actually, and his dad, they both were, they originated in Wakanda in the comics, so um, they took advantage of them wanting to make this their own and actually put Killmonger in Oakland and never having seen Wakanda and have his father being killed in that um, to propel the, the story that and to make it so uh, politically heavy, as you were just talking about, Chad, which is why that was. But in doing that, I really do. I really do believe it helped uh, as although although the whole like killing thing was a was a lot to do for such a small situation it definitely right. i feel as if it was needed to help propel what it is not only what they wanted to talk about in the film but also to help the character of the, of uh I- with him having to figure out whether he wanted to open Wakanda and its resources to the entire world or to keep it secluded as is here again like you know, as I was talking earlier, I really feel as if they needed that to happen for the upcoming films because in the trailer for Infinity War, it I mean, this is just speculation, but it really looked like that that main fight is gonna happen in Wakanda. So in order for that to happen, he would have had to open up their um open the country up to everybody, so then that could be a place to help protect the world in and of itself. So I think it was important. I understand how it looked it was a bit much, but I think it was necessary. 
So Big Phil with the foreshadowing to potential uh, Infinity War tie together. Okay, I can see that for sure. What I love is that we don't know that that is Killmonger's dad. I, you know, I don't know how long, but for quite a bit of the movie, they actually kind of don't touch on that opening scene for quite some time. Uh, we almost are either forgetting about it or just kind of uh, not sure how that ties in, other than the whole should Wakanda intervene, should they not in the world. But once that, that reveal of when we discovered that Killmonger's dad. I mean, that was awesome. It really gives weight to his story. You understand where he's coming from. You really, like, I, I really understood where Killmonger's coming from. I, uh, of course, wasn't on board for him killing everybody, uh, but I was like, he's not he's not wrong, you know? He's not wrong about, they have all this life-saving technology. You know, I was, I was uh, when they healed, uh, what's Martin Freeman's character's name? You know, he gets Everett, shot. Yeah. Everett, Everett yes. Ross. So he gets shot in the back, he should die, and they save his life. And I was like, that they need to they need to share this technology. I mean, like, uh, and so I was kind of on Killmonger's side for quite a bit, and, and obviously they, they go back and forth quite a bit. So I thought it was I thought the themes were handled really well. Well, one of the things that I wanted to bring up, and because I want to talk a little bit about some of the, the problems I had with the film, like specific wise, I think everything we've already talked about. The characters, the world building, all that kind of stuff is really... This thing is dripping with style. But a lot of the the plot just kind of bugged me. Like you were, you were just saying, the quick killing of Killmonger's dad was kind of one of the things. The fact that Michael B. Jordan is kind of goes missing for like a quarter of this movie kind of bugs me a little bit. That we get the... I would almost call it like a... I don't know, a bait and switch with Andy Serkis's yeah. character. It just, it, I found a lot of that just unnecessary, honestly. Like, I, I, I wish we'd have spent more time with Michael B. Jordan's character of Killmonger. Um, and I wish it wouldn't have ended up in a CGI, silly, fest fight on this train yeah. bridge thing. Yeah, that's the worst part of the movie. I, for it sure. is, yeah. I just, it just, it boggles my mind because like you guys were saying, Man, holy cow! Like I, I mean, this is my whiteness showing. I didn't think about the the connection between Martin Luther King and uh, Malcolm X. Why didn't we explore that even more? Like, why? You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't need to be like direct, but like, holy cow! Like, if we're saying something, it just the the Marvelness, I guess, uh, the MCU ness, kind of seeped in too much yeah. for me for this, and I, that just that bums me out to no end. The, the the thing that the biggest thing that bothered me, and you guys feel free to tell me what you thought about this, didn't make any, a whole lot of sense, and I guess they just needed to do it narratively, is that Wakanda is supposed to be the most advanced civilization on Earth. Um, the women have uh, leadership roles. You know, people are treated equally. They have technology. Everything is clean. It is. It is a. You know, it is a utopia. I mean, I think you guys would probably agree. But the way that they choose who their leader is going to be, and the crux of this movie is by fighting and seeing who the strongest person is on a waterfall. That just seems so completely anti to everything else that the Wakandan people would stand for. I just didn't understand why that was still uh, a thing. Uh, you even have like the, the younger characters like rolling their eyes at the, you know, the first time that we see that, um, that tradition. And perhaps maybe that's all it's supposed to be is just a tradition. Everybody says not a problem, no, not a problem, but still it seemed to me such a, a brutal 
thing for such an advanced society to decide who their leader's going to be. Well, they're also deciding who's going to be Black Panther. So I think that's that's part of it. I, I get where you're coming from. I do. I, I understand that. I think it's just the tradition of it. And... You know the fact that whoever becomes king is also this this great protector, like physically so, has to physically defend the country. You know, so I don't know. In every other aspect of their civilization, they are well beyond fighting each other to to choose who the leader is. And if it's Black Panther, so are you? Are we saying that Black Panther, up until that he did this, was his like old dad that got blown up at the? At yeah, the I mean the. The, the thing with yeah. that is just the fact that um, – and this is this is like – just to forewarn you, this is definitely uh, uh, African-American culture heavy. Uh, a, a, lot, a, lot of, sure. a lot of people that are quote-unquote black in our society are, are not really black. Um, they're either – a lot of them are actually first generation in, in the States. Like even me, myself, uh, my dad, he came, from a, he came from the islands and I'm first generation here. And uh, we're, we're a pretty affluent family, but we still do a lot of traditional things because we try to keep the main sure. thing the main thing and we don't want to lose our heritage. And uh, I think that is what they were representing with Wakanda, because uh, especially those that are um, from the African countries, they are they are all about their culture and not losing that component to them. And they do everything they can possible to excel. But then they still take the time necessary to, you know, to go back and recognize the things necessary so then they don't lose who they are because um they find they find that as their strength and the reason why they're capable of excelling so greatly is because they are always fighting for something more i mean in all honesty though it's you can kind of tell in that scene you know, like you said like the the kids in there were really rolling your their eyes and stuff even down to the actual fighting when the five tribes were doing it like most of the tribes said no and then even when the tribes from the mountainside came it wasn't really a death match it was a it was a fight till someone said that they're done fighting it although it was uh it's created so then you either yield or die. They don't usually go that far, and I'm I'm sure that they haven't gone that far from generations until Michael B. Jordan's character decided to slide in. But here again, it's really just about sustaining their culture, so then they don't lose that in spite of all the technology and everything else that they are capable of creating. Just it just seemed weird for me that that, that was the way that they determine who their leader is going to be. But I mean, if it didn't bother it you guys, like that's cool. It's like a very specific thing to be bothered by. <laughs> well, it's, it's it's the crux. It's the crux of this entire movie. It's how Michael B. Jordan becomes. It's how Killmonger becomes the king. If it wasn't for that, this movie there there wouldn't be anything about. Because well, basically, what happens is and this is the issue is is that Michael B. Jordan's evil character is able to kill the 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 uh t'challa the black panther throw him over a waterfall and everybody else just has to follow him into darkness that's yeah, well, yeah, because, but he is it's of, because, because he's, he's part of royal bloodline exactly it's not just that anybody who overthrows him is going to be king it's that he had a rightful sure. claim to the throne all right uh, that's fine if it didn't bother you guys it's fine no worries <laughs> we're spending too much time on it it's, but i, not, I, I did not with, bother us <laughs> I, I agree with what chad was saying the waterfall itself did not look no good uh at all but those the the choreography and fighting of those scenes were some of the best in the movie i thought those those the uh the fight scenes at the waterfall were 
awesome. Yeah, I think the fighting in general in this movie is really good, specifically in the last battle scene where the, where the I don't know how to describe them, but the female guard goes against yeah, the mm-hmm. male guard and the resident. So anytime, good. Anytime that they were above ground, it was magnificent. And when Black Panther and Killmonger when fell down yeah. into the train station, I audibly sighed and was like, oh man, I wish yep. they would have stayed above ground. Yeah, totally. Everything above ground was great yeah. and then it turned into this big CGI fest which was which is a real bummer. Yeah. yeah. No doubt. Yeah, and then also the wonderful uh CGI rhinos were yeah. also <laughs> quite amazing. Yeah, but that comes from the comic. The Black Panther fighting the I the, understand. I, I, under, I understand. You know, that it. that's kind of a callback which I think is cool. It's hard, but yes, point taken. I understand. But but overall I I think that it sounds like we're overall very positive on the film. Chris has some gripes and I do too. To be honest with you, I didn't walk out like super home run, super home run just but, but it was little dumb nitpicky things like that that are just i'm conditioned at this point wanting to keep it as real as you can and when it turns into a a cgi fest for me it just loses a lot of its momentum i think i'm just over the the marvel form again like i just felt like the marvelness of this film unfortunately for me overtook the uniqueness of it and i'm sure for many people the uniqueness is in the forefront and the, the marvelness can I, can I just be put on the back burner because you know, that's, that's fine. But it just, for me, it just kept coming up and kept coming up. And I was like, guys, get out of the way and let, you, you know, know I agree with you up. with that yeah. one because I, I felt the same way. Um, there were, the, even, uh, we were talking about earlier about like the, the comic relief moments. Like it, it, they put it so heavy in the beginning of the film. I was thinking to myself, Oh my gosh, this is Thor Ragnarok all over again. I can't deal with it. But, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, early. it was, if that, and you know, other components too, like some of the CGI just wasn't that good. And there are other components that I, I wish didn't happen. And it was more, uh, more back to just the story that they were creating, but it's, you know, it's tough when they have to, encompass an entire universe and everything else and it's i i mean i I remember leaving the film and thinking to myself like i i was i was saying to myself like the unbiased black man in me wants to not say this was as amazing a film as i felt but um (laughs) but then the biased black man he was like oh my gosh this film is so amazing i can't help myself (laughs) just to be honest but you know but like what you're saying i i honestly felt as if a lot of the marvelness of everything just kind of got in the way and it could have been way better if that wasn't such a if that didn't have to be such a big component of this film and i i agree i think those points are are valid i think part of the reason it's so good is because it's the best uh it's one it's it's a great entry in the series it's a fantastic marvel movie and so if you're i think we're all getting a little over the marvel formula but it's still a formula that works. And so I think it, it excels in the genre that it's in. And that genre has some inherent issues, has some problems that delves too deeply into CGI. You know, I don't think that any Marvel movie is going to really surpass that at this point. So that's why it's still, you know, you, there are things you just have to suck up when you go to a Marvel movie and enjoy the good. Well, it's been a great, great discussion, guys. And before we go into our top three, just want to give everybody a chance to give their final thoughts. I think for me, it just did my heart good or does my heart good to know that this is a very small first step, actually a pretty big first step to allowing representation in these kinds of movies, very much like what Phil said, the pure, good, heroic, 
nature of this kind of film uh, to be led by people of color because representation is important and these young people can see themselves on the big screen and I, I don't think we can undersell how important that is with this film in particular so I'm, I'm pumped about that and what what is to come you know for if you're going to watch the movie for the first time or a second time or however many times I would say I would challenge everyone just to kind of uh, look at it from uh, perspective from the black community because there are a lot of there is a lot of imagery with it um i mean we were just talking about the general and the army like that is full representation of how young black men are without fathers and are surrounded by strong black women or how like the the last ending scene is meant to make people feel uncomfortable because it, that black on black violence is what happens in our society today through and through. Um, but, you know, just go back and watch the film or watch the film for the first time and really take that time to think about the things that they are trying to say that they aren't blatantly saying. Beautifully said. All right, guys, with that, we're now going to move in to our top three. Three, two, one the top three all right so for our top three today we're going to keep it pretty simple uh you know we just talked about black panther which is the 18th marvel film which seems insane that there are that many movies in a single franchise they're all in a universe that connects that is really just insane uh so because there's so many movies uh in that franchise we're going to rank our top three Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, okay? So our top three Marvel uh, MCU movies. But before we get into that, we're also, since we're talking about Black Panther, I want to know where that places on your guys' lists. uh, As you rank the Marvel movies, where does Black Panther place, okay? So we are going to start with Chad. Chad, where does Black Panther rank on your list of Marvel movies? Well, obviously it's still fresh because I've just seen it a day ago. But the best that I can figure for me out of, you said how many there are there? 18? 18. Yeah, I think for me, um, it is going to be currently number four out of 18. Okay. Uh, so really high up there, not quite in my top three, but very close. I went back and forth between number three and Black Panther quite a bit. And what, what going through this list made me realize is that while a lot of these movies are are good, they really are just kind of good, and right. they're they're not great. Yeah, so I think Black Panther does a lot of things a lot better than most of the Marvel films. So for me, it's number four. Yeah. All right. Great. Can't argue with that. All right, Chris, where does Black Panther place on your list? Nineteen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, because Chris hates black people. I said it. Oh, you got to worry about it, man. All right. Sweet. Call me out like that. Call me out like that. No, uh, for me, it's it, honestly, again, here's the thing that I've been saying this entire time is that I enjoy Marvel films. These are my kind of movies. And so I was putting this list together and realizing just how many good films uh, of, of that genre, like you were saying, Daniel, there are. And honestly, when I was putting it together and looking at the stars that I've given it, for me, it lands right at the 10 spot for me uh, is Black Panther, okay. right at right at number 10. So literally... I'd said it's an average. I felt like as an average Marvel film, and that's exactly where I placed it. Is right there in the in the middle of the list. Okay. All right. And Phil, where does Black Panther place for you? I know I'm gonna get into a lot of trouble for this, but it's uh, Black Panther for me right now. Being fresh is at number three. All right, number nice. three. How Crack dare the top you? Three. How dare you, Phil? <laughs> 
Awesome. And for me, uh, uh, mine is the same as Chad's. It's right at number four for me. Uh, I definitely don't argue with uh, the, the reasoning as I was looking at the whole list. There's definitely a lot that blend together um, that are all very good, you know, just kind of the same level of good, but not great. So they all just kind of blended together there. But there's a few that kind of rose to the top that I knew these needed to be in the top tier of my list. So we are going to go with our top three uh, Marvel movies. All right. So, Chad, we already know what your number four is. What is your number three pick? My number three is the original Avengers. And when it first came out, I think part of what makes this movie still stand up for me is that it was the uniqueness at the time that it was released, the miracle of getting all of these characters together in one film made that cinematic experience just a mountaintop kind of experience in the theater when it came out. Now, looking back at it through today's lens, I don't know that it stands up as well, but it's still still really very solid. And I, I went back and forth between this one and Black Panther, but uh, overall, I think The Avengers for me is number three. Awesome. Great pick. Okay, Chris, what's your number three Marvel movie? You know, for me, this is the uh, uh, obviously a personal pick, but it's the, the one that started it all. Uh, for me, it's Iron Man. Is it better to be feared or respected? And I say, is it too much to ask for both? I humbly present the Jericho. Your eyes are red. Your tears for your long lost boss? Tears of joy. I hate job hunting. Yeah, vacation's over. Welcome home, sir. Put up the scanner, will you? What happened over there? I have my eyes open. I want to protect the people. I put in harm's way. A man with a dozen of these can do all of Asia. Yeah. I still think that movie is just fantastic. Robert Downey Jr.'s portrayal and the fact that this kicked off a larger universe, something that had never been done before. You know, the the idea of a post-credit scene had never really come up, wasn't a big deal yeah. until this film. And it just expanded the universe. It went from being a, you know, fun, really well-made action flick to opening the floodgates to a completely different way of making movies. And so for me, Iron Man, it was fun, it was entertaining, uh, and I, uh, I, I enjoyed that thing quite a bit. So Iron Man's number three for me. Nice. The one that started it all. Nice. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, Phil, we already know what your number three pick is. So uh, I guess I guess we're going to skip you this awesome. time. <laughs> <laughs> unless you want to yeah, review right. Black Panther. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell us what you I, I will I say that say... my number four is actually the Avengers. And I was stuck, like Chad was, I was stuck oh, between okay. three and four between Black Panther and, and, and the original Avengers. And Avengers, the original Avengers is my number four. Awesome. Okay, good. Solid. Yeah, definitely great pick. All right, and for me, I think I am going to get crap for my number three pick. All right, so I'm just going to come right out and say it. It is Guardians of the Galaxy Ooh. Volume 2. <laughs> oh, shut Whoa. your mouth. Whoa. Shut your mouth, Dan. Yeah. Volume 2? Just, uh, can just I, let it out. Just let it can out. Can I edit out the Volume 2 just part? Let it because all I out. know that's not right. Holy crap. Really? Let it really? all out. Yes. You're yes. going to have to repent after that yes. one. Yes, let uh, it all out. <laughs> <laughs> Look, nice. Okay, so here's, here's how it happened. I was looking at my list. I initially had Guardians 1 up there as as my number three. And then I just, if I'm being honest with myself, I just, I really love Volume 2 even better than, than Guardians 1. And so I, I swapped them. So 
yeah, I think uh, Guardians 2 took everything that we loved about the first one and just kind of cranked it up. It's got the uh, the great humor that was kind of uh, kind of different than the, the other Marvel humor we had so far. Uh, it has the great team, the great characters, and it's just a, a fantastic film that I had a really great time with. So um, you all can take your opinions and millennials. So everything that you've just said <laughs> is false. <laughs> no, I, I look. I I enjoyed Volume Two as well, but Number Three just seems super high but that's fine man that's i'm glad you enjoyed that movie that's great thank you i appreciate that uh so yeah so that was my number three pick all right so we are going to go back to chad chad what is your number two mcu movie my number two pick is guardians of the galaxy volume two (laughs) period (laughs) yeah no it's not volume two volume two was worse than one in every conceivable way We arrested these five on Xandar. Check out the rap sheets. Drax, AKA the Destroyer. Since his wife and family were killed, he's been on a rampage across the galaxy in a search for vengeance. Gamora, soldier, assassin, wanted on over a dozen counts of murder. Rocket, wanted on over 50 charges of vehicular theft and escape from lockup. What the hell? Groot, he's been traveling recently as Rocket's personal houseplant slash muscle. Peter Jason Quill. He's also known as Star-Lord. Who calls him that? Himself, mostly. He's wanted largely on charges of minor assault, public intoxication, and fraud. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know how this machine worked. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy for me was a breath of fresh air when it came out. It was the first time that, for me anyway, that it felt like the MCU was trying to do something different and break the mold. They made this cool retro, really funny film that had a great soundtrack, and it was number two because it was just a joy from from top to bottom. Awesome. Can't argue with that. All right, Chris, what is your number two pick? Yeah, my number four was Guardians, um, just so you guys know. But yeah, no, I, I love that movie as well. No, my number two is... Uh, the Avengers. What do we do? We get ready. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people. So when we needed them, they could fight the battles that we never could. Gentlemen, what are you prepared to do? No offense, but I don't play well with others. Big man in a suit of armor. Take that away, what are you? A genius, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist. (laughs) Just for all the reasons that have already been stated, it was incredible to see these these small, not small, but these individual movies that had happened beforehand culminate into a bigger plot story and everything connecting. It was... It was cool to see them actually pull that sucker off. So, yeah, Avengers for me. Nice. Awesome. And, Phil, what's your number two MCU? My number two MCU movie is actually Captain America Silver War. And the reason for that is because I just did not expect them to do that. You know, everyone tries to keep it all positive and rah-rah, and they flipped it and made it so made it realistic they made it as close to the comics as possible even through in spider-man just to 
just to make it even better for us all. And I was just really surprised that they did that. Um, liked how they set it all up for the upcoming films as well. So yeah, Civil War is round number two. Nice. And we didn't even talk about in Black Pan in our Black Panther review uh, the way he was set up in Civil War, and also uh, this is a prequel. Yeah. yeah, and and how they don't really address the Winter Soldier being there really until kind of mm-hmm. the post credit scene. But anyway, Civil War was my number five. I love that movie. Yeah, it's very good, good movie. It's Just my number five it. as well. Yeah. All right, and so my number two pick is it's already been mentioned uh, multiple times. Iron Man, Iron Man One, man, it just it it that's a movie that changed Hollywood. I mean, it cha- it completely changed the way Hollywood works, uh, or at least started the change. Now everything is about a shared universe, and all these different movies connecting. Everything's a universe now, and it just, that just wasn't the the case back then. And when you know, and I'm not sure that that was necessarily a good thing. <laughs> well, that, absolutely, but it, you know, for better or worse, it changed Hollywood. And so, and and beyond that, it's just a fantastic movie, and it has remained one of the most grounded Marvel movies. Uh, and it's just it's it's fantastic. So Iron Man is my number two pick. We are to our number one, our favorite MCU movies. All right, Chad, what's your favorite? It's no secret I've said it before. It's Captain America: Winter Soldier. And that is because the the Russo brothers who directed Civil War and who are directing the upcoming uh, Avengers took this premise of these superheroes and then put it straight into a thriller, a spy thriller, espionage film where the action was grounded and the hand-to-hand combat was magnificent and everything about the construction of the movie was thrilling and real in a way that had not yet been achieved in most of the of the MCU movies so for me this is a clear number one and it's not even close I've watched it maybe seven eight times and every time I watch it, I still get excited and caught up with the, just the filmmaking and the craft. So uh, uh, Winter Soldier it is. All right. Who would have known the Russo brothers of all people would uh, deliver such a good movie? Nice. Great pick. All right, Chris, uh, I, I have a guess. Is your number one the same as Chad's? It sure is. <laughs> nice. Yes. It's hard to deny it being such an amazing, because I really do think it's not only an amazing Marvel movie, it is a good movie. Just flat out period so yeah winter soldier number one for me awesome very good all right phil it is definitely winter soldier though i joined shield to protect people captain to build a better world sometimes means tearing the old one down that makes enemies are you ready for the world to see you as you really are look out the window you know how the game works disorder war it takes is one step. We're going to neutralize a lot of threats before they even happen. Thought the punishment usually came after the crime. Shield takes the world as it is, not as we'd like it to be. This isn't freedom. This is fear. You need to keep both eyes open. I, 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 um, I was kind of nervous to hear what the, what y'all both were thinking because I was like, I'm not gonna, they're not gonna say Winter Soldier, but you did, and I'm glad you did. Um, <laughs> just like, I'm, like what Chad was saying, and then the action scenes, man. Just, I mean, that was that. Those were raw fighting sequences that you can just tell that you know they looked like people. It's like in real life, you know, if you saw some cats doing that, you know that you're dead in like two seconds. So it, the, so the, the reality of it all, the espionage, just how the 
the plot twists and turns and everything was just, you know, especially because I knew who the Winter Soldier was reading the comics. I still was like, wait, who is the Winter Soldier? Like, are they really going to put it this way? And I didn't know until it finally happened. So I loved it. Winter Soldier was fire. Nice. Well, then it sounds like I am the outlier here. I'm the only one whose favorite Marvel movie is not Captain America Winter Soldier. You know, that's a fantastic movie. (laughs) Uh, So for me, uh, it's already been talked about, but... The Avengers. The Avengers is my favorite Marvel movie. It, uh, you know, I, I kind of disagree with what Chad said about it that uh, it doesn't quite live up to the excitement of when it was released. I think it still does. It's still just it, it's incredible to watch this culmination of all these characters coming together in a way that hasn't been replicated since. You know, Avengers two was uh, sucked, and so and Cap- Civil War was great as well, but. It just seeing all these characters in this universe come together in exactly the way that they intended it to happen. Uh, and on top of that, it's just fun. The, the, when they're all fighting in New York, I mean, it's just incredible to see all those characters coming together, fighting, you know, one of the best villains that they had, Loki. So all around, it's just a great movie. So that's my number I'll one. Let you finish, I'll let you finish, but. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm hearing is that Winter Soldier's not even in your top five. Uh, is that true? I, I honestly can't remember what my number five is off the top That's of my crazy. head. Oh, man. Uh, All right. It, it might not be. This is invalid. <laughs> Your list is invalid. So, uh, hang on, though. Can, can we just know what everybody's bottom barrel uh, list is? I, I want to know what everybody's least favorite Marvel uh, Marvel cinematic movie is. Because I, I think what, Chad and I would probably agree on this, too, right? Maybe not. Maybe you think a movie is uh, worse than it. For me... It's Iron Man three. There's no doubt that that's the worst movie in the what? entire MCU. Like so much further out than Heck any of the others. No, I don't think Iron Man three. I was is worse about, than my, it's the between Dark World. Dark World, Iron Man three for me. I, I didn't. I'm know. not too sure. I have to go back and look at them. But Iron Man three was kind of trashy. Thor Dark World was trashy. <laughs> it's Thor pretty Dark bad. World's pretty bad. Easily the worst. Easily the worst. Uh, and then Avengers: Age well, of Ultron is next up for me. I think. That, I think, guys. I think a good case could be made that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! Oh Shut no, up. not Maybe. as bad as those no. two. Okay. No, jeez. No. And no, I no, think no, Iron Man Two is far worse than Iron Man Three. Oh, dude. Mm. Far. Okay. Worse. Mm. <laughs> Moving you're, on. Agree to disagree. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> You know uh, what? You can come on the show anytime. Oh, my God. You're listening to the Screeners Podcast. All right, so those are our favorite and some of our least favorite MCU movies. Uh, great franchise, great movies, lots of great movies to choose from. All right, Phil, thank you so much for uh, for joining us for our review of Black Panther. It's great Glad to have to be you. here, man. Thank you so much for allowing me to be here. So uh, that about does it for this episode. Thanks for joining us as always. Like Chris said at the top of the show, don't forget to reach out to us on social media, on Twitter at ScreenersCast, on Facebook, search The Screeners Podcast. We want to hear from you guys, hear what you think, hear what you thought of Black Panther, if you loved it as much as us, or if you are more on Chris's end of things. (laughs) Hey! (laughs) All right, join us next time as we review Annihilation. We'll see you then. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.